Welcome to the Entrepreneur to Employer podcast. I'm your host, Brian Montez, founder of Scalosity Works and the Entrepreneur to Employer coaching and membership community. So congratulations is in order. If you've built a successful freelance business that has grown to the point where you need to hire, you have achieved a huge milestone. If you're already past the point of making your first hire and your team is now growing, well, congratulations is in order to you as well. So regardless of where you are with scaling your team and your business, whether you're at employee number one or employee number 100, this podcast focuses on everything related to people operations. We'll cover best practices, strategies, and solutions to help you build a sustainable and scalable business that is fueled by great people and a great culture. So if you're enjoying listening to this Entrepreneur to Employer podcast, please subscribe, give us a like, and give us a review. Your feedback will help us grow this podcast, and we'll be able to positively impact more employers to help them build better work environments. Welcome back to the Entrepreneur to Employer podcast, where we coach business owners on hiring employee number one and beyond, help you establish proactive HR systems, and help you build high-performing teams to help you successfully grow and scale your business. So what we're going to talk about today is how you actually can reduce your HR risk by implementing proactive HR measures. There's actually a roadmap to team building that will help you add revenue, increase your profitability, and boost your retention. So we'll probably make this a two-part podcast because if we talk about everything today, it's going to be really long. So today, there's two key components I want to start with. We're going to talk about the importance of understanding the shifting employee expectations. You as an employer need to understand what your employees expect. And the reason I use the term shifting is because the only thing constant in this world is change and expectations will continue to shift over time. Employees' expectations pre-COVID were different than what employees expect today post-COVID. So understanding what the expectations are and being able to navigate them and actually even being able to develop your leadership style so that you are able to see those expectations shifting before they actually impact your business is one of the things that will make you successful. The other thing that we will talk about is how you improve your employer brand. It's important for you as an employer to understand that, yes, you have an employer brand, very similar to a marketing brand, and that being aware of that employer brand and understanding how to utilize it to your advantage is a critical component in your talent acquisition and retention. And it will actually give you a multi-point plan on how you can improve your employer brand. There's a quote that I love that's out there by Peter Drucker. And if you've never read any of Peter Drucker's books, you absolutely should. But this quote states, the best way to predict the future is to create it. Why do I like this quote and why do we tie this quote into people operations? Well, we tie it into people operations because many people out there, many employers are complaining that nobody wants to work, they have high attrition rates, they can't get good candidates, their performance is down. There's a variety of things that are are going on out there. What I encourage business owners and, and leaders to look at is, yes, there are a lot of things in the business world that are going to be out of your control. No doubt about it. But there are a lot of things that are actually in your control. And if you start to focus on what is in your control, then you will be able to shape the way your people operations starts to work. You have a lot of things that you can control. Your employer brand, how you write your job descriptions, how you develop your recruiting funnel, how you conduct your onboarding. There are a lot of things that are within your control as a business owner. So if you focus on those things and put your strategic energy into that with your implementation, you will start to make a dent in some of those challenges that you are facing. Understanding employees' shifting expectations. 
So the first question that we need to ask and that you need to understand is, is why does meeting your employees' shifting expectations just make good business sense? Well, it makes good business sense for a few reasons. Number one, it's going to help you increase your retention. Number two, it's going to help you increase your productivity because if your employees feel that their expectations are being met or exceeded, more likely than not, they are going to do not only the work you expect, but they're going to do top-level work, high-quality work. You're going to get more out of them without having to feel you're having to push, but you're only going to get that if you're meeting or exceeding the expectations that they need. The world we live in and the way it should be is that the employer-employee relationship is a two-way street. The employer has to give, the employee has to give. It's not a one-sided relationship. The two have to support each other. So understanding those expectations will help you start to navigate how you create your work environment. Because the expectations of all the employees have shifted, there's a lot of reasons why people will depart a company. It's a long list and, you know, we could go on for probably 10 or 15 minutes with that list, but I'm going to give you the top four reasons that team members are typically going to leave a company. Number one, long dissatisfaction. Employees over time with negative experience compounded by negative experience compounded by negative experience will just become dissatisfied over a long period of time. It's, it's the analogy of death by a thousand paper cuts. You will, over time, watch the attitude diminish, watch the work productivity diminish, absenteeism may go up. You will start to see signs of this. And if you do see signs of this, you are going to have to address it. But a second reason that people tend to depart their employers is, quite frankly, they have better options. Your compensation structure may not be in the 50th percentile. You may not offer a certain type of benefit. There may not be flexibility. There's a variety of different things out there that create different options for people. So one of the key reasons that we see people departing companies now is they get a better option somewhere else. And it may not just be a compensation option. The third reason why we see people departing is planned career moves. There's a lot of people as they navigate their career, they have it structured and say, okay, in five years, I want to be here. Seven years, I want to be here. You know, however, they've mapped it out. Now, the thing about planned career moves is that if you are actively engaged in leading your team, if you are focused on creating the right employee experience and you're doing things like regular one-to-one -one meetings, which we'll talk about later, and you're doing all those things, the planned career moves actually are not going to be a surprise to you. You will actually have a pulse on where your employee is with their career, what they want to accomplish with their career, where they want to go with their career, and how their time with you impacts that. And it's perfectly okay if your organization is not one that can give them all that career growth. That's not abnormal. So as the employer, don't feel bad about that. Shift your mindset and start to say, okay, I know I can't give them that VP level that they're going to want in five years, but I can give them three years of very, very, very solid experience, professional development and exposure that's going to give them the foundation and the skills that they need to get into that position at, a, at another company. So while you may not be able to be the employer that gives them that promotion, you certainly can be the employer that prepares them for that promotion. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Because at the end of the day, when that employee leaves your employment, they will look back on their time with you in a positive light. That chapter of their career, they will look back upon and say, that was a good time in my career. And with that positive aspect, who knows? They could, you know, they might be a customer of yours. They could refer you future employees. There are a lot of additional benefits that come from an employee that is leaving your company in good form. And the last reason why people tend to depart, and I really do like talking about this one, is one specific negative incident. Again, one specific negative incident. The story that goes with this is we were, we're working with a fractional CFO company, 
And we're working, training their leadership team on performance management, performance enablement, and many of the other things that are required so that they can really continue to build the right type of culture. And the accounting manager told me a story. She was working for a competitor and she was there for a full year. At the end of that year, she finally had a performance review. Now, up until the end of this year, she had not heard anything from her management team, good or bad. Her clients were happy, work was getting done. She assumed everything was fine. She sat down for that first meeting and the first words out of the newly promoted manager, uh, the first words out of the manager's mouth was, I don't believe you're smart enough to do this job. This person told me that the second her manager said that, she instantly knew she was not staying at that company. That was all it took was that one negative interaction in a performance review for a high-performing, highly skilled, valuable employee to say, I'm not staying here. That night, she went home, fired up LinkedIn, started DMing some of her contacts, and started letting people know that she was going to be looking for a new opportunity. Three weeks later, she resigned and took on the opportunity with our current client and was very happy to do so. So one specific negative incident will cause employees to start looking for a new opportunity. It doesn't take much. So what are the new expectations? There's four key new expectations that employers need to be aware of and need to be strategically planning how they're going to support this. First is flexibility. For quite some time, there's been discussion around work-life balance. And really what that is, it's about flexibility. Flexibility is knowing that you can take off at two o'clock in the afternoon if you need to take your child to the doctor. Flexibility is knowing that if you need to show up a half hour late, it's okay. Now, that doesn't mean that this needs to be a runaway train and that people can work whenever, wherever, however. Again, it's a two-way street. The employer and employee relationship has to work for both. So if you're going to create a flexible environment, one, your, your employees are going to appreciate that. But two, in doing so, you can put framework around that. You can create core working hours. You can designate core working hours. Yes, you can have a flexible schedule, but you need to be available between 10 and 3, 9 and 2, whatever that looks like, right? So you establish core working hours and you put in policies and framework to make sure that there is an understanding and expectation of, yes, I as the employee have a flexible work environment, but I need to do this, this, and this in order to accommodate my employer and our clients and our customers. So flexibility is a key expectation. And again, not every position can allow for it, right? If you're in manufacturing and you're on the plant floor, flexibility is a little bit harder, but it doesn't mean that you can't create flexibility and flexible programs for different types of employee categories. The second one is mentorship and professional development. When an employee signs on to an employer, they want to know that they're going to be invested in. They want to know that they are going to learn something there that's going to help them develop. So mentorship and professional development is critical. And there are a lot of ways that employers can provide that at very low cost investments that will get you miles and help you achieve that expectation, right? There's lots of learning platforms out there. You've got LinkedIn learning. There are so many resources out there where you can create professional development at a modest budget. The other expectation is making sure that you as the employer explain the why. Compensation is important, but people are also looking for an understanding of what is it that we do here? Why is it that this business makes a difference? It's got to be more than money. It's got to be more than profit. You know, one of the things we offer is, is a full service payroll provider. We offer payroll services. You know, it's pretty boring, pretty straightforward, but our focus on payroll isn't about the aspect of running payroll. Our why on that is we run payroll to make sure that all of our clients' employees get paid on time and accurately. That's the why behind the payroll piece, that we want to make sure every employee gets paid on time and accurately because they've earned that money. They need that money. They have bills to pay. 
So you need to start attaching and really being genuine about a bigger reason about why the business does what it does. Last but not least, career trajectory. That is an expectation. People want to know if I come work here, what is my career trajectory going to look like if I perform? And again, if your organization isn't going to be able to provide that career trajectory, that is perfectly okay. You just shift your mindset and say that you want to be the employer that helps them with their career trajectory in terms of giving them the training and experience they need for that next chapter in their life. All right, your brand as an employer. So an employer brand is how the world views you as an organization. And it's no different than what restaurants have to go through when they're on Yelp, right? That's a brand. That's it's information that's out there about that restaurant. Same thing is out there about employers. And the, and the information is public. So you've got Glassdoor, you've got Indeed, right? Employees and candidates alike can leave feedback on those sites about their experience with your organization. And that can absolutely impact whether or not somebody even applies for an open position you have. But you've got to remember this, that when you post a job and you go to recruit, people are already doing their due diligence about your organization long before you ever talk to them or long before you ever meet them. Right? They've done their homework. They've looked you up. They've looked at the company. They look at your website. They look at your LinkedIn profile. They look at any reviews you might have online. They're going to look at your Glassdoor reviews. Indeed, they are going to do their homework. And if they don't like what they see in that homework period, they will not even apply for that position. And because of that, so many employers lose out on the top 1% of candidates because they do not focus on the importance of their employer brand. So if your employer brand is not up to par, you can absolutely expect it to impact your talent acquisition, your recruiting, and your retention. So with that being said, how do you improve your reputation as an employer? Well, here is a 10-point action plan that will help you start to deal with that. First and foremost, you need to audit your reputation. You need to go online. You need to take a look at Glassdoor. You need to take a look at Indeed. If you have reviews out there, you need to be actively looking at what are people saying about you as an employer and make sure you understand that. Because if you don't understand that and you're not looking at it, you can't fix it. Second, you have to focus on alignment. What do we mean by alignment? If you have gone through the exercise of creating your core values for your organization, which you should, and if you haven't, that's something that you need to consider, your core values need to be in alignment, meaning that they need to be more than just words on the wall. The core values of the organization need to be something that live in real life and permeate throughout every action of you and your team. And if that's not happening and they're only words on a wall, then you're out of alignment and people will quickly start to figure that out. The third step you can take is implement one-to-ones so that you have consistent feedback. Whether you have a, a team of one, a team of five, a team of 10, a team of 20, you need to make sure that you calendar regular one-to-ones with them. It doesn't need to be more than 15 minutes and we have a whole framework for that. But one-to-ones are going to allow you to have regularly scheduled formal conversations, and it's a two-way dialogue, and it allows you to get feedback on everything. Plus, you can give that employee feedback as well, guidance and coaching. So in order for you to keep a pulse on your employer brand, you implement these one-to-ones so that you are making sure that your communication path with each employee is open and working. The next component is act on feedback. When you build the right relationship with your team, they will give you the feedback and they will tell you what you need to hear and not what you want to hear. Now, just because they give you feedback does not mean you need to act on it. Okay, Not all feedback is actionable, but what you do need to do is if they give you a piece of feedback that is not actionable for whatever reason, 
you need to follow up with them and let them know, hey, I appreciate that piece of feedback. Here's why we can't use it. Here's why it doesn't make sense. Give them the business case because this way, at least they know you're listening and they will continue to give you feedback. If you just decide that feedback doesn't work, I'm not going to say anything, then chances are they're going to start to feel that their input doesn't matter and they're just going to stop communicating with you. The next step for you in getting your employer brand up to snuff is develop your EVP, your employer value proposition. No different than what your marketing people should be doing on your your value proposition for whatever product or service you sell. You need to have an employer value proposition. It's your why. It's why that person should come work with you and your company and how it's going to benefit them. What are they going to get by coming to join your organization? They need to understand and you need to be able to articulate what your EVP is. Next, you need to make sure you create a positive hiring process and experience. The process of recruiting and getting hired should not be painful. It should not be 18 different interviews and five different assessments and you know all these other things that we hear about out there. Create a positive hiring process because even if you don't hire them, you want them to walk away from that experience better for it because you never know where in the ecosystem that will come back. They could be a future customer. They can refer you potential employees. They can refer you potential clients or customers. You want to make sure that that hiring process and experience is positive, even if they don't take the job with you or you don't end up offering them a job. The next step of what you can do to create a a positive employer brand is develop a meaningful onboarding experience. Onboarding is more than just the administrative paperwork. It's more than just the new hire packet. It is making sure that they have a proper training schedule and that you are able to immerse them in culture. The next Step for what you can do to improve your employer brand is drive continuous improvement. And this ties into the act on feedback, right? Constantly looking for what can we do to improve our employee experience? What feedback are we getting? What are we doing that's working? What are we doing that's not working? And drive continuous improvement around your employee experience. Next thing that you can work on to improve your employer brand is employee ambassadors. Nobody can sell your business better than your employees, right? If they are fundamentally happy with where they work and things are going well, they will become your ambassadors for recruitment, right? Utilize that energy, utilize that positive feeling, utilize their relationships and and their connections and their influence to be able to create that ambassadorship for your organization. Once you do that, you will see that sometimes people from their network will apply. You'll be able to increase your talent pool because the employees are actively promoting what a great place it is to work. Last but not least, promote and message. And this is where the tie-in comes. Marketing should be working on this with you. You've got marketing for your business, for your product, for your solution. That's all great, but you also need to be promoting your employer brand, whether it's a career page on, on your website, whether it's videos of employees talking about a day in the life. There are lots of ways for you to promote and message the employer brand and what it's like to work at your organization. So This last piece of it is make sure your marketing people are getting involved in helping with the employer brand, promoting that employer brand, and getting the message out there. That is going to wrap up today's podcast. So again, today we've talked about the importance of you as an employer understanding what uh, the shifting employer expectations are and how you need to meet them. And then we've also discussed your 10-point action plan on what you need to do as an employer to improve your employer brand. Hopefully you've enjoyed this podcast and we've given you some value out of this that you can take into your workplace immediately and start to implement. Again, I would love it if you'd leave a review. Reviews help us. Let us know that we're on track, that we're giving you information that you can actually use and that you uh, that you enjoy. So we'd love a review. And of course, if you think anybody else can utilize this podcast, please feel free to share it. We'd love to grow the community. 
and serve more business owners. All right. Until next week, take care. Thank you for listening to the Entrepreneur to Employer podcast today. We have a free resource for you. Download our free workbook with the 18 questions that a transitioning entrepreneur to employer needs to ask and answer before making that first hire. The link to your free resource is in the show notes. And last but not least, subscribe to this podcast and give us a review. The more we grow this entrepreneur to employer community, the more we can make sure that Mondays, or any day of the week for that matter, don't suck.